Spags, I haven't done a show in like two and two days and it feels like it's been an eternity. I don't, I don't even know how to do this anymore. I was going to say you haven't done a show since last year, but I think you actually have done that. So never mind. But the good news is the first splash play of 2022. It's going to be our annual new tradition or 2022 prediction show where you guys can get your picks in. We're going to give ours. We're going to review them all at the end of the year. We're also going to talk some week 17 slash week 18, review the best ball lineups, including Pete's big finish, and also talk some more about playoff best ball. There's going to be a lot going on on this show. So strap in and let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spags, joined by your friend and mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, how are you doing? How are you feeling after your road travels for the new year? Yeah, uh, I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, I was down in Miami for just a very quick trip, like 48 hours. Uh, the owner's club was having their live final down, and uh, a guy who won a trip, uh, couldn't go. And, uh, he offered his trip up to me. So I decided I'd go down there, had lots of fun hanging out with those guys, had a sweat on Sunday, which was fun. And then Saturday night, uh, got, uh, dinner with my buddy, Patrick Laird. And that was very fun Ooh. to see him in his Miami element as well. So yeah, it was a good weekend. So you're, you're at that level of Patrick Laird friendship now where you could pop into town and you're like, Hey Laird, what's going on, man? You want to grab a bite to eat? And he's receptive to it, which I feel like in terms of content bits of friendships, that is one of the most noteworthy ones of all time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, we, we got, I got dinner with him and his, uh, his girlfriend, uh, we were walking down the street and a guy in a Tua Jersey stopped him, uh, for a photo. So, you know, he, he's has that celebrity status in Miami and then, yeah, brought him over to the, uh, a party for the, uh, the owner's club. And so, yeah, he's, uh, he's a salt of the earth kind of dude. Well, I, I guess I got to give you kudos to that one. That is not an outcome I would have seen a couple of years ago. And we had you on, on the contrary. And you're like, Patrick Laird at 3,500 looking pretty tasty. And that was, that. that's really an evolution that I, only you, Pete, can make something just a throwaway bit that kind of swept the nation and really drove Patrick Laird to like 5% ownership that week. So now a long-term friendship and, and you're getting to ride his coattails across South Beach. That's right. Yeah, it was, uh, that's so funny that on the contrary, because yeah, I think that was the first, first time i had ever done the show and it happened to be patrick laird week too so i was like you're like going on that show and uh you know trying to be a real gpp bro while also juggling that patrick laird bit uh i remember that being fairly difficult yeah and it did not work out well for dfs either but the good news is the friendships we made along the way is what we always talk about here on splash play so make sure you are subscribed whether you're watching on peach channel or the splash play channel we appreciate the subscriptions on both and also hit that like button it helps to get seen by more people which is something we're going to be striving for here in 2022 keep moving those numbers upwards so help us out hit that like button if you can and of course go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe down into the playoff times actually for the first time ever they're gonna be doing dvoa through the playoffs so updating based upon the results there i'm gonna be some different calculations going on behind the scenes but should be adding value to what you guys are doing in terms of betting fantasy dfs everything you're going to be doing for the playoffs it's good footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and check out the packages on there 99 cents a week will get you a year's worth of all the football outsiders content and i will personally vow for all of that vouch for it and give a vow really i'll swear on anything you want me to swear on you should go get that sub for yourself at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe pete some quick news here we won't do the full recap because it's tuesday people know by now but baker mayfield's gonna be done for the year 
year after he throws for two touchdowns, two picks, and Ben Roethlisberger's seemingly final home game for Pittsburgh. Lots of sentiment going through there. But Baker this year, Pete, I feel like the Browns at one point looked like a team that I think some sharp analysts out there were picking to maybe win the Super Bowl or at least get to the playoffs and make a deep run. And now Baker reports rumors swirling out there that maybe he won't even be back as a Brown. So kind of a, an ignominious end here for Baker's season and, and maybe a one that I don't know what his offseason is going to hold. Yeah, I you you were saying that I I have a very uh distinct recollection of when we did a show in August and I think we were looking at the Super Bowl futures bets and then we were tossing out dark horse candidates and I'm pretty sure I I tossed out the Cleveland Browns as a as a dark horse candidate I liked and boy uh did that blow up in my face. So, yeah, I mean it, it's crazy to see, you know, Baker's kind of fall from grace in that in that franchise and you know, it, you also can say he doesn't have a lot in the way of weapons there in the passing game too, you know? And so it's always hard to kind of untangle that, you know, from, you know, his kind of poor play and also just what's available to him and the way that offense runs too, is just such a primarily run heavy team. So yeah. Um, I still feel like he's the kind of guy that could have a Renaissance, um, you know, with the right offensive coordinator, the right weapons. Um, so I, I don't think we've, it, this is the last we've heard from Mayfield in the NFL, but probably the end of his, his Browns tenure. And certainly a guy, the injuries, I feel like they continue to add up for him time and time again. And at a certain point, you just can't point to that as an excuse. It just kind of is the player who you are. But I agree with you, whether he comes back to Cleveland, I don't think we've seen the end of Baker by any stretch, but definitely tough if you are somebody that's had that stock in him and believed him for a while. I think to continue to believe in him, if you're a Browns fan, I might get ready to put another piece of masking tape on the back of that jersey and get a new name ready to go. And the other news, Pete, from Sunday that we did not get to talk about yet, but Antonio Brown quits the Bucks mid-game against the Jets. Um, He, I guess, fed information or his team fed information to uh, Ian Rappaport saying that he was hurt and then he was told to go back into the game. He didn't want to go back to the game. Uh, Bruce Arians denied that, said that he cares about the guy. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell is tweeting, like, why are we just laughing at this guy instead of giving him emotional support for his mental breakdown, which I get too, but just a weird situation that I don't know how to make fun of at this point. Antonio Brown could do anything and I just wouldn't be surprised by it. He could bite the head off of a bat like a vintage Ozzy Osbourne's concert in a, in a game and I wouldn't be shocked and I feel like this is kind of a sad end for a guy who I had way too much of uh, on Sunday as well, Pete. I'd like 50% ownership. <laughs> it, it It's like a legitimately difficult situation to parse. Um, I feel like he's kind of been in the Kanye West territory too, where they do some of this outlandish stuff. And then, you know, with AB, like he has done some truly awful things. So it, like you can't always just use mental health as the scapegoat. And it's just like, oh, you just get to be a shitty person in all these situations. But because you're dealing with mental health, that's like your get out of jail free card. On the other hand, the dude is clearly working through some shit and having a hard time. So you want to be sensitive to that, too. But it's like it, it is hard to feel sorry for Antonio Brown <laughs> through a lot of uh, of these situations. So, yeah, that was super bizarre. I wasn't on Twitter much on Sunday, so I was just seeing it unfold on the on the TV and didn't know much of the context of what happened and, and what went down. But, um, yeah, just a, a pretty insane last two years from Antonio Brown. I think it was this off season. Someone compiled like just a chronology of everything that he had done from the frostbite thing with the Raiders. And even way back to when he had the one game with the Patriots where he scored like two touchdowns in his one game. I mean, he's just been on an absolute roller coaster the past couple of years. And it's weird to me too. And I think, you know, I'll throw a theory out there. And again, we're talking a little bit out of pocket with this because it's sort of hard to talk about a guy who's going through these uh, seeming mental breakdowns on a national stage. But I do feel like to him, like his, 
issue. And you remember like the first five, six, seven years he was in the league, he was the guy who was out there with the jugs machine for the Steelers and was like working hard and working on his routes and like, you know, didn't do anything that was outside of pocket. It was just like a quiet, good receiver, kind of like a Marvin Harrison. I guess there's some other analogies you can make there to tie those two together. But then, you know, he, I feel like the influencer culture started to come up and he saw the people get more famous. And then he just kind of went off the deep end and instantly was like chasing that clout over and over again. And I feel like that's what we're getting now. The thing that stands out the most to me though, is like Tom Brady is the guy and Bruce Arians to a lesser extent, but Tom Brady had him in his own house when he was yeah. like public enemy number one. And for him to kind of shit on that publicly in this way, when I, I just think that's always a sign to me where it's like, okay, you've gone too far now, where if you're even biting the hands of people that are helping you up when you are kind of in your lowest points, I feel like that's what grosses me out the most about it. And I, I hope he figures it out. Yeah. And I remember back, uh, I remember when I first started playing, dynasty football i think the first year i played was 2014 and it was just when antonio brown you know was really starting to kind of break out into an upper echelon wide receiver and like there was lots of talk about him having you know a jerry rice-esque career just that his type of game could age really well and even just seeing how well he could perform just you know missing part of the season just coming back and immediately getting a 50 percent target share with the box or you know two years ago that game with the pats where he just waltzed was right into a new environment and just immediately can get open at will. And it's hard not to do the butterfly effect with his career and think, you know, if his head was screwed on straight a little bit more, like there's no reason this guy couldn't have been, you know, playing into the Larry Fitzgerald, you know, part of his career and still being really successful. So it, it is a bummer. And I do remember those early parts of his career um, when he was breaking out for the, uh, for the Steelers. It was, I mean, he was a revelation just, and he was also, I think, you know, Jerry Rice was the old analog, but you know, we went through that phase like in the late 2000s, early 2000 or late early 2010s, where it was like, it was the big ride receivers. It was the Demarius Thomases, the Des Bryant. And it was like, is the game shifting that you, it's only these Calvin Johnson S players. And now we've seen this transition to the Tyreek Hills, all of these small, you know, quick shifty slot receivers that have been dominating and it's harder for the defenses to control. And I feel like I associate Antonio Brown with kind of ushering in that new era for wide receivers in the NFL. So yeah, it's a, it's a bummer to see his career in like this. Yeah, it's a good point. And I think you know, your point about the the smaller bodied guys kind of getting shuns at the wayside. And he really was somebody that working outside, you know, was not just working out of the slot. It's got a ton of volume too, is efficient with like 11 targets a game as anybody you found. And I think it's kind of sad to me, like when these guys are so great and then you end up remembering them for the dumb shit, like Terrell Owens. I mean, that's Super Bowl where he was there and was out there looking amazing. Like that's one that people forget because Terrell Owens is then doing, you know, sit ups in his driveway and crying over Tony Romo and all this stuff. And it's just a bummer. Like you got to remember these guys when they're at their peak and i think it's one of those things too pete like we're getting a little bit on the older side of things where you know I, i've always made fun of the bill simmons of the world and how they reference things from the 80s but like i'll remember the good times for antonio brown but i feel like a kid who's now 10 years old will just be like oh that guy who was going insane and like uh i think matt in the chat saying his son asking why his shirt off like that's what kids will remember from this guy and just think he's a maniac and it's like no he was probably one of the most talented guys that we've ever seen play football yeah, I do think you're right that his legacy is much of a resume he put up on the field. Like this has been such a prolonged stretch. You know, if it was just like one episode, people would just kind of like let it go and probably remember him in a pretty favorable way. But because this has continued for about two years, and I bet this is also just not the last we've heard from him. I think I saw a very funny tweet of like, well, what round does Jake Paul knock him out? And it's like, th <laughs> this is the trajectory we're on as far as him kind of milking uh, this celebrity status uh, until it finally all flames out. 
Yeah, so we'll see if how that goes for Antonio Brown, and maybe the dirt's not fully on his career yet. He still was performing well this year, despite uh, whatever that breakdown was and missing some time because of COVID and fake Vax cards and all of that. But it does seem like uh, maybe he'll be in for the USFL or XFL reboots coming up in a few seasons. And uh, Pete, I don't know if there's any other news that you want to hit on. I feel like there's so many things that we're going to talk about Thursday and Friday that we can just kind of wait and see how they develop. Uh, but I did have a question for you. A, you could talk about news if there's anything you just want to say to the people that you know you think is important to keep an eye on. But I also want to talk about your cash game bit because we are heading into week 18 and it's not a bit like you are actually just going to be playing cash games but i don't remember how that started and I, i'm sure it was a swole cast thing that i just missed along the way but uh news or week 18 cash game bit talk about whichever you want yeah uh yeah not a lot way in way of news uh right now and I, I think the big thing for this week is going to just be all the team motivation stuff and that there's all kinds of stuff that's going to transpire with that so i feel like that'll be a better thursday and friday conversation to see what teams uh, actually have stuff to play for who's starting sitting. So yeah, I don't think we have to concern ourselves with it now. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's not really a bit, it's just kind of, for me, you know, the last the of the season, yeah. it's, it's just kind of the optimal time to pivot away from, from tournaments and kind of embrace the stability of cash games. So yeah, uh, I have completely transitioned. Uh, I am no longer a GPP bro. I have been accepting uh head to head invites. I was just checking to see I have, I have $543 in uh, cash games already booked here on, on Tuesday, which seems pretty bullish. The Deposit Kingdom Weekly League, uh, before it had been a single-entry tournament this week, it is a rake-free $10 double-up. Top 200 <laughs> I was, spots do get... I was get... wondering if you were actually going to go that far, but oh, I can't yeah. believe you actually did. Yeah, and normally more people have joined by now. Only three people have joined, <laughs> uh, so the road to 400 might be a little tougher, but I will, I will get us there. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't pass up on a rake free double up spags. <laughs> oh, that is a core tenet of DFS that we always talk about here. If you get a rake free double up, you just got to get in there. I think we need to talk a little bit about best ball as well. And, and if you are watching on Pete's channel, hit the like button because I'm going to ask an uncomfortable question of Pete right now. So Pete, you have literally dozens of people on this channel, myself included. I'll say maybe even 100 people you've had on this channel over the course of the last year doing best ball content, doing DFS content, doing fantasy content, guys who do season long only. The one guy you have on here doing chess wins a million dollars. I thought was just hilarious. And I don't know Liam. I only know him from seeing some of your content, playing chess, learning from him and what he's, his expertise is there. But winning a million dollars and this guy's not doing regular fantasy appearances just made me laugh out loud that you have this guy playing chess and he won seven figures. When, what, there's like 20 people who do that in a given year? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he had a massive uh, best ball year. I mean, it is it's doing him a disservice to just say like he was like a casual guy who, you know, does chess primarily, which I guess he does do chess primarily, but he was grinding the shit out of best ball this year. I'm pretty sure he maxed um, most of the contests. He was incredibly active in our Deposit Kingdom Discord. I know he's mixing it up with Herzig and Leone and really into the best ball game theory and stuff this year. So completely well deserved. And he worked his ass off on it and had um he has a, a very unique approach too to kind of how he builds his teams willing to be contrarian willing to kind of go against the grain and challenge you know pre-existing kind of um conventional wisdom about best ball strategy so uh yeah shout out to liam i did book him we're gonna do a show on thursday um and yeah i'm very humbled that my chess coach was able to win a million dollars playing daily or uh underdog best ball 
You know, good job by Liam, and I'll definitely watch that stream. And I think it's something to it, too, where I know one of the founders at Edge Sports, who's one of the brands that we have at the company I work for, Champion Gaming, and uh, basically it's their 20-year anniversary of their model that cre they created, which was the first NFL simulation model that looks at play histories and then sort of digests. It's a big part of the analytics debate right now for the NFL, but what you should be doing on a fourth down, a lot of the logic says, and a lot of the data says you should be going for more fourth downs than not, depending on different timings, stuff like that. But the guy who founded it, one of our co-founders of the company, was a former back gammon guy and i'm wondering if there's something where you know like dfs a lot of these guys were poker people um historically and pete included it was I, I actually came across one of your videos pete of you doing the man's character uh playing jennifer tilly for some reason it popped in my youtube rex and i was like yeah i'll watch five minutes of this and you played with my, my former podcast co-host smitty in that yeah too, which i didn't realize <laughs> yeah no i've gotten to i've met smitty a few times because he did some stuff with bales and so when yep. we were out in vegas a few times uh i got to hang out with him yeah that that was a that was a fun fun table smitty and i were kind of the you know play we're more the nits you know because we were like sitting down with like 1500 or 2000 at a table where jennifer tilly like literally just puts a rack of thirty thousand dollars of chips <laughs> like on the table we're like okay yeah we're playing different games right now no the only racks he's putting out there am i right Pete? hey i fuck <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I think it's interesting though, that these people come from chess, from backgammon, like, you know, like Frank, our founder, one of our founders, like, I think there's something to that where if you, if you're like an Othello player out there, you're playing some game and you just develop that part of your brain in an interesting way. I think the crossover to fantasy is probably there in a way that people give more credit for. And it's probably, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's actually done this research and maybe even some medical journal actually covered it in, what, in a more meaningful way than me just saying it on a podcast. But I do think there's like a left brain, right brain thing where if you just have general game theory strategy, you're going to be better at these things. And I'm just going to say that for anybody out there who's like really good at sorry and is like, I need to do something else, play DFS. Yeah, no, I, I think you see that across a lot of stuff from poker to DFS to best ball to chess. I mean, these games and just having your brain be wired in a way to solve puzzles, you know, uh, comes in, comes in very handy. I, I'm not that kind of person. I think like my brain isn't like wired to just be able to view any new puzzle and solve it i have to like really dive into it and understand that one specific puzzle and put a lot of time in but there are some of these guys whose brains are wired to just look at each new thing and immediately go into into problem solving mode and i'm definitely jealous of those types of people yeah, maybe a reason to try to develop those skills in the offseason. We're going to be doing this show all year long as we did last year, and we're going to find some different angles. But for you guys out there, if you're just looking for something to do outside of football in the offseason, you know, in between best ball drafts, maybe try to learn chess, learn something that just flexes those muscles in a different way. And it wouldn't be surprising if you got a little bit better results. Um, I think we should do a playoff update and then do the best ball draft. Pete, does that sound smart to you? I, I didn't put welcome to the family on the calendar today because it's Tuesday, and I think that's quite frankly just a Monday show. Yeah. Um, you know, we can, we can give our, our Italian friends, you know, a little break, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're still kind of, you know, hung over from the holidays as well. That's true. That is, we, we do go hard on the lemoncello in the Italian community. And, uh, unfortunately that's how it goes. Uh, Dane saying was top 20 on the Pokemon showdown <laughs> over under. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess Pokemon doesn't translate quite as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so the playoff updates, and I think we can do an underdog playoff best ball draft. We are going to do our personal prop bets. I'm going to offer some up to Pete. I'm going to suggest some both for myself and for him. And we're also going to do our 2022 predictions can be football related. Maybe could be more than football related, but I wanted to make sure that this was like a community thing here. And uh, candidly, I'm just stealing this from one of the wrestling shows. Actually, one of um one of the writers over at Football Outsiders works for a, a wrestling podcast on the side. And one of the bits they do is like they do their 2022 predictions or like, you know, their yearly predictions predictions and then check them out at the end of the year and 
wrestling is going to be different than football, but I think Pete, we're going to probably get one or two that are like close to the pin, but I think we're going to be wildly off with our predictions. And I think that's the fun of it is we can look at this at the end of the year and go like, boy, we were not even close. Or maybe we'll be right about something and feel really great about ourselves as ride or die picks go fucking into the shitter once again. Well, if we've learned anything from just kind of how, you know, if you're in the prognostication business and do content, you just throw out so many predictions and then you clip and victory lap the ones you got right and you never have to worry about the ones you got wrong. So this is a complete zero downside, only upside situation for us because also what happens with some of those predictions is no one remembers the bad ones either and you're the only one that remembers the right one and then you go and reshare that and say, hey, everyone, see, I was right on this and then just sweep under the rug the nine others that you were wrong on. It does feel good. I will say I've, my biggest victory of the year DFS wise for NFL and in general was getting Josh Reynolds right on the ship chasing crossover ships giving episode for Thanksgiving. And I feel like that's the kind of victory you can have on this show, including you guys out there. So I'm going to, um, I didn't ask Willis ahead of time, but Willis, hopefully you're watching the show. If not, I'm <laughs> message after, but hopefully Willis can track these. We could put them in a time capsule and review them at an end of the year episode when we have some time to fill, uh, but we'll go to those in a second. But Pete, I have playoff scenarios here that I'm going to read out loud and, I'll tell you, one conference is easier than the other before we do our underdog playoff best ball draft. So the Niners, Pete, there's a playoff spot up for grabs in the NFC. The Niners have a 62% chance of making the playoffs according to 538. They get in with a win or a tie uh, versus the Rams, or if the Saints lose, the Saints have a 38% chance to win. They need a win. They need the Niners to lose to the Rams. Pretty easy, right, for the NFC, Pete? Yeah, it looks pretty clean here. I just pulled it up on 538, too. I can I can share this, but that uh, that looks right to me. Okay, and then the AFC is where things get weird. So the Colts have an 89% chance to make the playoffs according to 538. They get in with a win versus Jacksonville, so that is the main thing. They could also tie. They could also get a, a Chargers loss. They could also have Baltimore-Pittsburgh tying. They could have a Chargers loss plus a Pittsburgh loss plus a Miami win. Point being, going to be hard for the Colts to not get in, but if they lose to the Jags, what a funny way to not make the playoffs. <laughs> This is this is the week LaVisca goes off. I mean, just absolutely pops off and then and then ruins it for the Colts. I think it's destiny. The Chargers have a 51% chance to get in, but they are the Sunday night football game against the Raiders. So they get in if they win or tie on Sunday night football. The Raiders get in if they beat the Chargers or if they tie and the Colts lose or if the Colts lose and Pittsburgh loses and ties. So it just seems like the Sunday night football head-to-head matchup is what matters. And then the Steelers still have a 5% chance to get in. They need to win. They need a Colts loss. And they need the Chargers-Raiders game to not end in a tie. And the Ravens, Pete, a 2% chance of Baltimore win plus a Chargers loss plus a Colts loss, plus a Miami loss or tie. And I think the Dolphins on there have a 0% chance, even though they technically can make it, which feels about right to me, given how the Dolphins have run this year. Yeah, it was uh, upsetting. I was hoping they would, you know, if they if they beat the Titans, they were looking real solid, I believe, for uh, a playoff spot. So that was a, a bummer loss. I'm like looking at this through the lens of, also like what what are the most team fun teams to watch in the playoffs like i'm stoked that the Bengals made it but we really got to get the chargers in because they're just going to be another super fun wild card offense to have in there and then same with like the 49ers versus the saints like 49ers going to be a such uh so much more fun fantasy offense to watch in the playoffs like i i mean watching the saints is so brutal every one of their games just sucks they don't support any you know skill position stuff they slow games down their defense is solid so i i don't want the saints in 
I have to say, I know we dabble in the low probability takes sometimes here with our crystal balls and Nana Pete and all those other things that we do that are tangentially related. I don't see any chance the Steelers or Ravens make the playoffs. Like I know that we have it here as a 538 has it a 5% chance and a 2% chance respectively. There's no way to me the Colts lose that game to the Jags. Like the Colts are a lot of things. They're not a team that's going to lose to the Jags with everything on the line. Normally, I would like push back here and say any given Sunday, you know, the NFL, it really like the Jags are so historically bad that I can't even muster up that contrarian take. So, yes, I, I agree with you. Yeah. And then uh, in the chat, we also see it's Mookie saying that, yes, there is a hypothetical where if the Colts lose, the Raiders and Chargers could make the playoffs if they both tie and then basically just kneel down the entire game, which, again, like a really weird outcome. But that would be interesting because football coaches don't have it in them to do that. But I feel like if you had Rich Bisaccia and, and Brandon Staley putting their heads together, Brandon Staley in particular, an analytics guy, like, do you think <laughs> that would be the funniest NFL game ever? Just they just kneeled down over and over again because it didn't matter. That would it would honestly be incredible. I would be riveted uh, to watch that play out. And it is funny, too, because I, I brought up a hypothetical on uh, ship chasing. Maybe it was two weeks ago or last week where um, some of these teams, like if there was an element to a game where the coaches went um, and met up at at the half yard line or the 50 yard line before the game. And they each wrote down on a paper, how many quarters they would like to play and whatever is the most amount. Like if one team wants to play four quarters, you got to play the full four. But if both coaches wrote down, they only want to play one quarter, then they just play one quarter of football because these guys just want to run the ball, bleed the clock and get out of there. And so this seems like the, you know, the very uh, logical extension of this hypothetical is just two guys kneeling the ball for the entire game to get it over with. Well, especially too, because like the injury risk is so big right now and not just that, but the COVID risk, because these guys could be cleared and actually still have COVID and be asymptomatic and be playing. And you could have a COVID outbreak on your team that you didn't even have anything to do with because of a game that didn't matter. So like I, if ever there were a time to sit down to take a knee and play play tiddlywinks on the, on the field for four quarters like that probably would be it yeah uh, honestly it would be great tv eric mentioning nfl scheduling that game for sunday night football because it's marketed as a winner go home would be in shambles i mean it would it would that would be the most riveting television It'd probably be the, the best island game watch of the entire year and then just one coach like decides to be a dick. Like one of the two coaches would be like, well, fuck it. I want to win this one now. And then, then they won't be playing seriously. And it's just, there's too many ways it would, it'd be like Ian book. Like it's bad TV, but like good TV because it's so potentially bad is how that can, would go. Well, can you imagine too? Like they get all the way down to overtime and one of them does the fake kneel right at the end <laughs> to get the win. Like, I mean, that would be so there would have to be some kind of uh, side negotiations to prevent that from happening. Yeah, I think there'd have to be a real high level of gentleman's agreement there. But let's do the best ball draft because Goodell would get rid of ties of the offseason if that happened. Honestly, that would be really fun if if that made the NFL go to true sudden death. I think that would be a win-win for us all. But let's do the actual playoff best ball draft, Pete. And and I got the the news. We haven't officially signed it, but it does look like we'll be doing a lot more underdog drafts this year, which I'm excited for. Pete's been a big part, but now they'll be officially part of the Splash Play and Football Outsiders family. So that is fun for us. And we can do this show and I can give all the plugs I want without feeling like we're giving it away for free pete which i know is what you care about you don't want me to be giving things away for free well i i know you're incapable of doing a plug without either mentioning that they are an official sponsor or that they aren't paying you so i mean this is nice to kind of move that to the other side it's a big moment for me for being able to finally merge my passions with mild paychecks coming to my employer but we're excited for that to be a part of it and lots of fun stuff coming that we'll be announcing in the next few weeks for football outsiders and underdog coming up but let's do a playoff best ball draft and um i guess can we get the people to like an update here on how many entries are in the uh the smaller one i think the mitten 
Yes, the mitten filled up. Oh, did it? Um, oh, it, I didn't it's gone. That. Yeah, I I would bet like this same dynamic played out over the summer where they launched BBM, then they launched the puppy. The puppy filled. They held out for a little bit, I think, to kind of push some more entries toward BBM, which is the gauntlet in this scenario. And my guess is they're going to drop another uh, mitten here uh, pretty soon. But uh, today. You, uh, you guys are lucky, you know, normally I'm a little stingy with our, you know, splash play drafts. I don't, you know, $5, you know, but spags, you know, we're feeling a little flush, you know, this holiday season. (laughs) No, not that flush, not that flush. Uh, the, uh, gauntlet, the gauntlet. I think it's funny that the big mitten is somehow more expensive than the gauntlet. Like a gauntlet definitely would cost more than a large mitten. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the gauntlet, I think, is just the flagship uh, name for the contest that they had last year, too. I like it. I mean, it still fits. The you know Thanos certainly made the gauntlet more powerful than a than a mitten could ever be. I'll, I'll admit that. But um, maybe maybe a twenty twenty two prediction, P. We got. I also we, while we're waiting for the, I guess it filled really fast. Never mind. Um, twenty twenty two predictions. I think they should be not limited just to football. I think they should be like seventy five percent football. But I think we should keep an open twenty five percent for general world predictions from you or I or the people out there. All right, I'm going to I'm going to be like I often do on the show. This is going to be coming off the cuff because yeah, I didn't uh, I'll I'll make sure to you know, spin up some global warming predictions for for that statement. <laughs> I cuz I have one one good one that some people are not going to be thrilled to hear, but I have one that's not that's not the the nicest prediction, but I want to get in the mix cuz I think it's going to be right and I want to rack up some victories. I did win ride or die picks this week by the way, Pete. I don't know if you if you caught that. You probably did not. Oh uh, no, we can just kind of move on. <laughs> and a uh, low ball too, I think because Julio Jones didn't play. Uh, that's bullshit, Julio. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. It was honestly, we both had really good low ball lineups this week, which, um, you know, poor Pat Corrine came on the show. We're just ready to make good lineups, ready to have a fun time, give real analysis. And we came in and fucking shit the bed all over that, that low ball lineup. Yeah. You know, we did. <laughs> we really did. Um, we, maybe we can pull that up after, after this draft. All right. We are on the clock. Um, okay. so we can't uh, do I, Niners. We got, we got to not go Niners this time. Cause we've gone Niners every time we've had a draft. Yeah, do you want to uh you want to do Tyreek? Let's do Tyreek. Yes, let's go. Let's try to get some Chiefs in. Yeah. I think because I think we have Kelsey too in our other ones we did. So I feel like for me, that's that is how I like to do best ball drafts. Try to get different looks than what I did the last time I did one. Yeah. And then yeah, the playoff best ball format going on here. As we talked about, the maybe there'll be another mitten, maybe there won't, but go check them out over at Underdog. And uh, a lot of fun here. And these go a lot faster than the the full form best ball drafts, as you might have seen by watching the show the last few weeks. Yes. Um this this can certainly happen. This can certainly happen. The turn will often go uh Kelsey Mahomes, but I don't think um that dynamic precludes you from taking Tyreek I think what it does I mean it obviously you're not super stacking the Chiefs but I think you can still pick uh Tyreek with another Chief later and having the Chiefs as a two part of your whatever stack you end up with and we all know that Byron Pringles basically Tyreek Hill now anyway <laughs> yes exactly um it happens once or twice Jamar Chase at five yeah um you know I I don't think it's I don't think it's egregious, honestly. A little bit of recency bias, I would say, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, but you, you're okay. Hang on, we're back up again. Yep. Um, so we could either pivot to NFC. We can stay in AFC here. It does seem like just Diggs or Taylor, and just figuring it out from there makes the most sense to me. I would, yeah. I think I would go Taylor personally. Yeah. 
So again, you know, who knows? He might not make the playoffs with all those, all that high probability for the Steelers and the Ravens. So I do think, I think ideally just my snap take on this construction would be like, we should probably try to do a four side from the NFC and then do like a four, three, three and try to either get two or three Colts and three chiefs or like a four, two, two, two um, would be probably the other thought if we go with three sets of two from the AFC, but we're going to have to start to make kind of like a concentrated bet on an NFC team here that we think could, can win the Super Bowl. I mean, it seems like in terms of players that are going to be available, we could still get bucks. Yeah. Yeah, we could. Um, let's see here. And I do want to make sure we have a running back from our NFC team as well. Um, do you want to do, do you think Fournette is going to be back for this playoff run? I, I think he has to be. I think he's, if anybody were going to push himself, you'd think it would be Fournette. Yeah. Let's, Let's do that and let's try to build out a buck stack. And now that you remove AB from the equation too, I think it's a little easier to get your fourth kind of flyer late on on the box. You're Cyril well. Grayson, the people's Antonio yeah, Brown. Seriously. Yeah, honestly, then, I do think out of all the people that are out there floating around that like have meant nothing all year long but could matter on the stretch, Cyril Grayson has caught two game winning touchdowns this year. Like Clearly, Tom Brady likes him. Like I think there's there's a, a hole there for somebody to fill, and I think it could be him more than uh, maybe a Tyler Johnson. Yeah, we might have messed up doing Bucks here, just because. Um, I guess we're gonna probably because we're not gonna be able to get uh, Brady's already gone, so oh, and Gronk, Gronk goes here. We might we might want to make a pivot. To a to an actual, hmm. I guess I guess we still have a few different directions we take it. That just super clean Bucks onslaught though is just not going to work. Yeah, the the Gronk thing going. I think I, I thought there was a chance he would last. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Yeah. Also explain because I you know like I'm still trying to wrap my head around this as best I can. So when your your goal of what you're trying to build kind of goes to shit, like how do you then approach that? Yeah, I mean, we're not yeah, we're not going to get the same build. I think we're still just going to stay really concentrated on a couple of teams, but there's a few things like we have to get a quarterback that we want to play for uh the Super Bowl. So I think that's part of our strategy. We can backdoor um let's see here. Hmm. Let's do We have 9 seconds here. What do we want to do? Um, we're just running out of time, so I'm just going to grab Pittman just before I, before okay. I forget, so, um, so building up some Colts. That's fair. Yeah. And the thing, if the Colts make a run, like they're so heavily concentrated through Pittman and Taylor. Um, but, uh, we can also, we, we just need to figure out what we're doing on the NFC side. Yeah, Paul V saying when your goal goes to shit, draft cheap chargers. Eric saying when your build goes to shit, go for the min cash that has some upside. So yeah, that is the thing. I mean, it's just I'm just like wired to not <laughs> break myself to just I it is the it is the smart strategy. If you if you can't build a, a juggernaut, um, then you're just trying to get out of round one in advance. But I still want to try to build a team that could could theoretically win. Different approaches here, and you know, again, go try them out for yourselves on underdog and see some different ones. I, I say we, I say we pivot to 
um, Arizona and try to um, play them as our other NFC team. Okay, I, I accept that. I'm, I'm willing to go. I feel like you're you're winging it on the fly here, and I don't want to get in the way. And I think Christian Kirk, I will never have an issue of getting to at this point as Arizona's wide receiver one for sure. Yeah, and the other nice thing, so we can get Kyler. Um, there's going to be another one of those random wide receivers if we want. Chase Edmonds is available. Antoine um, Wesley. Yeah. Jeez, seriously. At this point, we're going to be left. Again, Cyril Grayson might look like a, a real prize at this point with what we're ending up with. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing too with those like because I mean we're probably not on the trajectory to like grab a really scrub dude on our Super Bowl team just because we haven't been able to set it up in a super clean way. I think the Cardinals though could be an exception for that. Yeah, and yeah. we have we have Ertz as an option as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's a reasonable play, and yeah, I, I think they're certainly a team too that people are going to be off the scent just because I'm running cold down the stretch. And that's the risk you got to be willing to take in a big tournament like this. Eric also asking, is it one or two teams advancing out of the gauntlet? Is I presume it's still two. Uh, the gauntlet is two, I believe, right? Or it's the opposite of one of them is two and one of them is one. And now I can't remember. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I have cash game brain. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's uh, all right. Where, where are we going? Uh, we should probably Kyler? just lock up Kyler, right? Yeah, I think so. We're gonna need a. We're gonna need a. So let's now back this out. So we have we have six picks. So we have seven, eight, nine, ten. We have four more picks. Um we are we probably so basically what's gonna probably happen is we end up with three Cardinals and then done with Tampa. We'll just use Fournette as a one-off. So we need one more Cardinal. One more I, I guess we could end up with four Cardinals if we want. I mean, I think if you're going to go all in on them, they're a team that's probably got lower roster ship. So I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Gauntlet is, is one. Um, okay. Let's see here. And Mitt and Mitten is two, apparently. So that, that yeah. makes sense. I think Ertz is probably our best bets with this Cardinal stack here. There's no, I mean, you wouldn't take, yeah, you got enough of running back. Yeah. I think Ertz would be the move. Yeah. I feel like the the James Conner touchdown thing, like I but we have but we have Taylor and Fournette. I don't see the point in taking Connor at this point. Yeah. I mean, and I, I feel like at this point too, if I was adding one, I'd rather just take Edmonds. Hmm. And just I don't know. I'm always just willing to bet against the kind of the injury return stuff. Okay. The other thing we need to figure out here is what other chief we want to take because we still want to be live for an Arizona Chiefs Super Bowl as well. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to a Pringle or a Robinson. I probably would not go Hardman. Yeah. I I I prefer uh I prefer Pringle. Did Pringle go though? Did he? Oh, someone did take uh Grayson. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. See Cyril Grayson rocketing up the boards. Damn, someone did take Pringle. Um, all right, we're on the clock, so we're going to have to figure this out. Um, I do think I'll, also we could include, I think just going Edmonds here and then we're done on the NFC side makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Paul V saying we need an RB for our Arizona, Kansas city super bowl. So that should be Edmonds then. Yep. Um, but yeah, cause we're good on 
you know, well, now with the Arizona side, we can, we'll have a, we're basically playing Arizona to the Super Bowl, and then we're good right now with Indy. Um, and we need to add, I think we just go a third Colt in a third um, chief. Well, you know, it's probably still going to be available. It's T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. that touchdown catch he had was pretty sick. Yeah. he's He's got a little bit left. Like, I, I don't know. I think his numbers don't look that bad. So he's just not running as many routes. Yeah. Which probably a wise move given what we know ty hilton let me see let's see who's left here on kc yeah hardman or demarcus robinson i mean robinson's really fallen off um that got gross fast the other thing we did last week we could go hmm i don't like that though fuck let's see on indy pepe sylvia saying gore go to Derek gore i think i'd prefer pascal to hilton are you okay well, with that? You he does Hilton? run more snaps generally. That I think I wouldn't be surprised if Hilton picked up more in the playoffs just because what else are you playing for? I'll let you get one of your olds on here. I know there how much you go. like these. He's still fast. Yeah. <laughs> still got it. Yeah, Robinson got the second most wide receiver snaps this week. I haven't imported snap data, but I do All recall right. what he was. You want to do you want to do Robinson? I think so. Because he's also like the big body den zone guy. So like he's the one they might go to a little bit more. Whereas like Hardman, you know, basically does the exact Tyreek things and probably now the Pringle things too. Yeah. Oh, I know it wasn't to T.Y. Hilton's uh Silas. This is this was just tossing Spags a bone here. Uh I will say it was one of those savvy veteran moves because he didn't even go for it. Like he could tell that he was just hoping for a tip drill there standing behind them waiting. And that's the kind uh, of experience that matters in the playoffs, Pete. Yeah. So I don't love this team, but I still think it's uh, it accomplishes our goal. <laughs> so you would never take a second QB? I, I don't think it. I think the situations where you take a second QB is obviously if you get uh, one that has a buy. You know, if you're mm-hmm. if you have the Packers or the Chiefs, and then you obviously need that to get out. But for the most part, I think it's less optimal to take a a second QB. Interesting. All right. So there's some feedback in there. And again, go play in the playoff best ball drafts on underdog. They are a lot of fun as we enjoy doing them on this show. And now is about that time, Pete. And I think we got to do our 2022 predictions. I'm actually going to offer you the prop bets first. And we can then, I think leave 10 minutes at the end to do our predictions and take some from the chat as well. And then, and again, mark them all down as best we can. Um, personal prop bets. I'm going to offer one to you first and you can decide yes. if you want to take this action or not. I think, I, well, this this first bet, I don't know how this would go then. Um, my prop bet that I'll offer to you, Pete, I think you're going to be over 20K subscribers by the end of 2022. That's, But is there a better line to be the question I have? I'm sure if we looked at the long-term trajectory, it might be different. But I think after the first 10K, it is like a snowball picking up steam, and I think you get to 20K by the end of the year. Well, that's very that's very nice of you. I think I was I was looking because I was curious. So in 2020, I went from 1,000 to 4,000. Mm-hmm. And then this year I went from 4,000 to 10,000. So that about, was your first year full time. You weren't even full time technically the whole year, right? Uh, no, about June, I think. So uh, that's putting a lot of pressure. I, I do. I need to do some different things like just with my optimization and stuff on, on YouTube. If I were to so get take there. you under then Pete, and sabotage I, I can't <laughs> bet it. I'm not going to bet against myself. <laughs> So what is, so what, yeah, what, what action, what, what action are, are you trying to get here? Are you trying to get me to book of the under on me doing 
<laughs> I mean, I guess, honestly, I didn't think it through that far. I just felt like it was a good bet to take the over. So that was that's where I'm starting with things. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I don't want to bet against myself, but I, I think that's a very uh, a bullish uh, line, and I, I appreciate the confidence. Well, so then what line would you take the under at? So, okay, so if I had to just, like, set, like, a very true line, I would say 17.5. That's exactly what I was thinking would be a good line. I think so. Like, let's just set the line there and let's just see how it goes. Maybe we don't have to take action on this, but let's set the line there. And if you beat it, I think then, then great. I think that helps. Everything <laughs> that, out. that great. That great. <laughs> then we're no, I, there, there is some stuff on my to-do list, some stuff I need to get more in the weeds with on, on YouTube and stuff. And there's a lot of things I'm not doing um, with YouTube shorts and stuff, which I think is really helpful for keeping your channel, you know, active and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, so I, I have to think through uh, a decent amount of that. And once the season ends, I'm going to, I'm going to go in the lab a bit more and see what I need to do. So there you go. So, all right, I think let's set the line 17.5. Well, let's just note that the line is at 17.5 if you can when you're reviewing this show. I'm going to offer a prop bet for myself, and this is one that I'm doing anyway, so you can you can ride with me or not. I don't want to make it like a social media content bit because I feel like this is always 100K or bust. I think that <laughs> I might be tough for, for one year, but who knows? Pete, again, snowball rolling downhill. Well, maybe I, if we go to our hot tub, uh, <laughs> you know, stream model. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of just hanging out. It's us doing fantasy content. There's some girl in a bikini behind you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was us in, in uh in speed oh, oh okay i didn't realize i thought we were just gonna be <laughs> in like the foreground while there's girls like just loop i don't know looping themselves up whatever they do yeah. <laughs> anyway let's transition um i want to drop 20 pounds and i think i can do it by may 2022 the pandemic has been pandemic plus having a child plus having a, a live-in girlfriend have been not great lifestyle changes for me and um i'm up like i feel like about 25 from where i would like to be ideally so i feel like 20 by may a reasonable goal, Pete, but I don't want you to take the under. I don't want you to take the under on this one. I just want to set it again, setting a flag for ourselves. I think we can achieve and then come back to it and be right either way. And and um, so what's the most have you ever done, or I guess like have you ever done um, a weight loss challenge like that over a similar duration? Like, do you have a comparable over what's possible for you to lose? Do you think? So I, I've done them before. When I actually did my email newsletter when I left Barstool, I was doing one and actually got into like really good shape. But that was being in L.A., which I think is a different motivator. Being single in L.A., I feel like is a pretty and having a gym in my apartment for the first time or my apartment building for the first time. But I think at that point, I, I put on like 10 pounds of muscle, but overall, I think lost like 10 Um I, I think 20 to me feels about right. I'm I'm going to, I'm shooting for more throughout the year, but I think I could probably, if I were like really going gung ho and like being obsessive about it, I think I could knock off 20 by March, but I think that's a little too lofty. Well, I'm going to, I'm kind of, we're on similar wavelengths, uh, in that I, I really am wanting to buckle down in January and February. Lauren and I booked a trip in March and, mm -hmm. Uh, even, even when I was in Miami for the weekend, I took my shirt off and I wasn't, wasn't feeling too good. Uh, I just cause famous been, abs too. Like the brand is not right. Not right now. Yeah. Not right now. So I am, want, I'm with want you. to do a percentage weight loss bet amongst us. Yeah, we could do something like see my, but my weight, like it doesn't, it doesn't really change. Because like it's just ton, you putting like on a little my, more muscle, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Basically like I've lost muscle and it's gone to, gone to fat. So then when I like flip that like the weight doesn't change at all but i think my big thing for a prop bet is i'm planning 
and I even hate putting this out in the world because then I have to commit to it, but I'm planning no alcohol for February. Oh, okay. Well, going with the short month is a smart move. And you know, um, what's, what's the February month? Oh, is, is that black history month? Uh, sure. What now I'm terrified <laughs> where you're going. With it. <laughs> it's the short month. It's the one that got, uh, the screw job in terms of the amount of days, but, um, <laughs> I lost 110 pounds. She moved to North Carolina. That is a, a quintessential Rodney Dangerfield style joke. It is. Uh, it's a very good one. Uh, but yeah, no, I I'm with you on that. Although I don't know what it, it's like for you in Pittsburgh, but it, I'm, I'm tilting around here. So like the town I live in, um, just reintroduced the full on indoor mask mandate even mm. for gyms. And so, um, I haven't, I haven't been back to my gym, you know, in a few days since I was in Miami and stuff. So I'm having to think about that. And it just like when it's nice out, I don't mind going for runs, doing stuff like that. But like, I don't, I have a little space in my basement where I can do some stuff, but like the ceilings are low. So it all has to be like on the ground, rowing, plank, stuff like that. So it's just hard. Like when I'm really busy, it's so nice for me to just be able to go to my gym, sign up for a class and just, I'm held accountable to it. And now like the past two days, like I, I haven't worked out since I've been on my trip. I, I said to myself, like, I have to do something today, but I like, I don't really want to go to my gym and do a workout in a mask. And so I just have to figure out <laughs> what I'm going to do. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm, these prop bets are good because I need something to, to hold me accountable. So we'll do the splash play uh, bodybuilding competition for the off season <laughs> show schedule. And we'll schedule that one for like June or so. Yeah, maybe here's, here's a good one that I think maybe we could do. Um, I need like a, I want to pull up one because I do have the pull up bar. Okay. Like right I've now, always been terrible at pull ups. I think right now, completely cold. I could do eight to 10. Um, so maybe something like, uh, like 20, 20, uh, straight pull ups or something, uh, would be, would be a good prop bet for me over the next like six weeks or something. Hmm. All right. Well, let's. I think we, we need to think this one through. I think let's let's put the plug in this one and come back in a week and think of like what's a good like full body proof of concept that you've gotten into good shape workout that not not just we could do, but maybe we can give to the people and then they can test themselves at home because I feel like that's you know what? It's funny you mentioned that because I did see our friend Justin Freeman. He had put um he was trying to create almost like a fantasy league version of this out. Hmm. Um, and I'll show you here, I'll screen share his tweet. Because maybe there's something along these lines that we could collaborate with him. He said, considering ways to gamify weight loss health often to or open to input from competitors, thinking of fantasy event format tabbed on either weekly or monthly, 30-minute exercise points, fasting, you get two points. He has full day without liquid calories, 10K plus steps, a cheat meal loses points, you get points if you do uh reading or listening to audiobooks so there there might be our own way of like tweaking this or getting in on this where we could assign some like points for certain things and then we could check in each week and update how many how many points we're getting Okay. I, I think I would support that. And Justin, certainly one of our friends who I think we can uh, steal his idea. He has previously been an ombudsman for splash play. So I think he wouldn't mind being a, a part of this. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's reach out to Justin and see if we can make this, make this steal his bit. So, <laughs> uh, well, so here's the thing, Carlos. Well, first of all, you, you do this stuff with friends that you trust. And I, I did a, I did a $500 bet with Davis last year where it was a uh, reading uh, daily bet with meditation and you're just on the honor system. <laughs> you know, this is all about bettering ourselves. If you're actually trying to angle shoot 
someone to win a $500 self-betterment prop, then like, I think I need better friends <laughs> in that that's, case. That's a good way to look at it. And, and also, Carlos, to be clear, Carlos recommending that we get some testosterone and trend. To be clear, I'm willing to take whatever drugs anybody out there wants. If you got any Mark Wahlberg-style drugs that, you know, the ones that are really just going to work for the upper body in particular, I'm, I'm all ears. I, Carlos, um, I'm going to say this really nicely. You don't have to do it. You don't. This is this is for people who do who don't who do want to do it. You're fine. Paul Paul V saying run the slims. That's Let's, such a good joke. Honestly, Justin could needs to steal that one. I think and make that, make that the off season brand. Yeah. Um, one other prop I'm going to throw out for myself, and this is one, and it's not really for myself. I just feel really good about, about where things are looking. I think my little incoming son, Luca born are going to be born. Oh, yeah. Hopefully the second week of March, I think he walks for the end of 2022, Pete. I think it's usually about a nine to 12 month window. <laughs> I think we got an early starter and I think he's going to be walking around by the end of the year. I just, I imagine how, like, if you actually had money down on this, you're just like, I need this fucking come on, kid to come walk. On, buddy, Let's go, dude. <laughs> always standing five feet away from I'm just encouraging him <laughs> to move. Your, your girlfriend's like, uh, he's like, that Luca needs to go to bed. And you're like, no, god damn it, he needs more walking practice. <laughs> he just stood up slightly. He moved <laughs> his head in a way that indicated he was about to come up. We got one more hour of work left. I, I feel good about my odds of this one. He's kicking like a demon in her stomach every single night. So I think that's got to bode well for moving around. But let's move to our 2022 predictions, Pete. I think uh, the prop bets, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll circle back on these in a, in a week or so, and we can figure out an action plan for after the NFL season ends. But I got 2022 predictions. I want the chats ones as well, so feel free to drop them in, and we'll read them as we go. I'll start with the football one, though, Pete. Yeah. I think the Titans lose in their first playoff game. So if you were to grade these predictions, maybe we'll, we'll do it like ride or die style. What kind of – is that like a one, a three, or a ten-pointer for a 2022 prediction? I mean, I think it, I think by definition, it's probably a three pointer. What, what do we have an update on Derrick Henry? Is he going to be back? I think they're just still talking about him, maybe being back and being, yeah, being available. Cause but. to me, that's like a pretty big part of if they're kind of able, able to get the full band back together. Um, where basically like, this is what I'll say. If they have Derrick Henry back, I think it's probably a one pointer or sorry, a three pointer. Mm-hmm. If they uh, don't have him back, I feel like it's just more of a of a one pointer. They've kept winning without it. I mean, I just think they're the paper tiger. I know with football outsiders, DVOA wise. No, I like, agree. Yeah, they're yeah. like the worst DVOA team to be a potential number one seed. I think since they've been tracking DVOA in 1983. Um, so there's a lot of bad things for the Titans. The Titans fans do not want to hear that, which I get. They've overachieved at every turn, but I just feel like to me they are a team that they're everything that I think we think they are, and that's just a team that has been phenomenally well coached, playing their hearts out. But that's not enough in the playoffs. Yeah. So like, who would be their most likely opponent right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, NFL because they would I have the it, buy. It would be, I think the Chargers Raiders winner, I think, would be because they would get if if the three seed wins, the three seed goes to the the two. So they would get the lower of the seeds, right? Yeah. So they could be they could be looking at Bills or Patriots then, right? They apparently still have, according to ESPN, still have an eighty percent chance to be the number one seed. They because uh, uh, they play the Texans in week uh, week eighteen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you on that though. I I think my guess is that they will probably be like a two and a half or three point favorite in that home game, you know, because of the home field. But it'll probably otherwise be a pretty even spread. Would just be my guess. Yeah. So they're probably playing the Chargers, the Raiders, or the Colts if they are the number one seed 
and none of the, I mean, assuming that one of those teams advances, I guess, but um, I think, yeah, I mean, right now the bills and Pats are four or five. So I, I think it would probably be like it bills versus Titans, like bills on the road at Titans. Like even the bills might be a, like a three point favorite in that scenario. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So yeah, look, I I'll put that prediction out there. Pete, if yeah. you have one, you want to try to trot me on, or I, I was thinking of different formats here, but I think at this point, let's just give our predictions and see if any of them land. I, I will say, I will say the, um, the bills win the super bowl. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, that prediction, which I, I think is, is probably a, a little spicy. I know they're, they're coming on a bit here after a bit of a rough stretch there, but I still think they are, they're built, um, to make a super bowl run. You know, they still have that good defense, you know, if they do want to run the ball, like they can do it, they do have, um, and they've shown ability to adapt to certain situations as well when they need to, they've kind of leaned on Singletary a little bit more mm -hmm. here down the stretch, but we also know they have the weapons and Josh Allen um, can really take over games. It was, was it two weeks ago? Who did they play? But when he had just like the best game um, of his career, basically. So I think the bills are going to peak here at the right time. And I think, like you said, Titans a bit fraudulent, Chiefs a bit fraudulent. I don't think the Patriots have enough offensive firepower to win a couple, you know, straight playoff games. So I'm going to go with the Bills as my as my prediction here. Okay, and also a quick shout out to Willis in the chat. Of course, our accountant who's doing great work for us, uh, saying that his daughter worked at uh, walked at eight months. So I think now the bar is wow. set. Now, so now Luca's got to be moved around by seven. Otherwise, I'm an asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, now you good. guys are just down to you know you guys are going to turn into full on Tiger Tiger Woods' his father you know like expectations here. I look if he turned out to be Tiger Woods both in terms of slaying Perkins' <laughs> weaknesses or career earnings, I'd be happy with it. I don't know which one would make you more proud. Too. I think equally. I think <laughs> <laughs> if he's making twenty k a year slaying Perkins' weaknesses, I think you know, maybe not so much. I think that's <laughs> a different lifestyle choice. Here's one for next year. I think, and I think this one. Maybe not a 10 pointer, and it might be a classic six or seven pointer. I think two attack of Iloa does not start Miami's 2022 season opener. Um, I I'll give you I'll give you 10 on that one because I, I think he I think he will. I he, it's it's a tough week for this one because there were some quotes from Brian Flores. I was reading somebody, I forget it was somebody in the fantasy community breaking it down. I'm I apologize for not attributing correctly. They were talking about how like Brian Flores kept saying quotes like, Yeah, we missed Waddle a few times on there, and like, oh yes, the, the plays weren't there on like the cross routes and like, basically like three different quotes that kind of threw two under the bus. And um, I've not been the biggest two a believer, even though he did wrote me in once or twice uh, for various DFS weeks this year. But I just think the the time is the the winds are blowing poorly, and I think it might be closer to a three-pointer by the time we get to the actual offseason, but I will take your 10-pointer, Pete. Give me another prediction. He was... Ah, fine, I'm not going to argue about Tua. Um, he's like top five in uh, completion percentage. Like, they're they're playing to his strengths. He's like... But, you know, that's not relating to wins. Actually, it is relating. Does he win like <laughs> seven in a row? It's like, it is yes. relating to wins. They're just not making the playoffs. I, I, I agree with your general premise that, like, he's not, like, cemented as the franchise mm. quarterback, but... I also don't think the leash is is quite that short right now. It also like saying he doesn't start the 2022 season opener does account for injuries, which too is certainly no stranger to as well. So probably not an actual 10 pointer. Um, and Willis, I think is right. It's probably a three, if only on the dolphins uh, the injuries too, it still might not make that uh 10 either way. Um, give me a prediction, Pete. Um, let's see here. I will do one. I'm going to say DJ Moore finishes as a top three 
fantasy wide receiver next year. Uh, I'm not quite willing to go like super, super crazy, but to me, he kind of starts to check the boxes of like the Stefan Diggs season a couple years ago, Cooper cup season this year, where really talented wide receiver, no one kind of questions what he's like as a talent level, his prospect profile, all this stuff, but has just had a really rough run out um, with quarterback play. I think the Panthers improve their quarterback situation next year. I don't know exactly what that will look like, but uh, that's why this is a bold prediction. But I think uh, DJ Moore's value holds strong and he delivers in a, in a very big way next year. And you can make the case that he could have gotten there this year. Like it probably just took Sam Darnold being healthy and, and not having that backslide that he did, but all it really probably takes is a Deshaun Watson trade or whatever, a rookie coming in and, or a new head coach. Like there's a lot of different pathways, which I think this is a 10 pointer, but it's like a smart 10 pointer. Cause there's enough variables that could stack your way. Um, here's one that I will go, which I think has to be a 10 pointer. Um, and this is not meant as a personal affront to you, but it's going to come off as one. The Jaguars, I think will make the 2022 playoffs helmed by a non LaVisca wide receiver who goes for a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. And I'm keeping this broad because I don't think the wide receiver rookie class is supposed to be that good. Could be DJ Chark. I'm just saying they're going to make the playoffs and it's going to be on the back of somebody who's not LaVisca. You you love just making these predictions just to get in digs. Do you re- you can't really think that the Jags issue is Lavisca? I mean, get out the Jags problems no, I, I run so is. much I, deeper. No, I, I think I agree with you, but I think I just wanted to be clear that this is going to happen, but it's not going to be because of Lavisca. Like maybe it'll be <laughs> part. I just want to be completely clear. He's not going to be the one that gets a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. Yes, but even like I mean, there's there's a lot of good receivers in the NFL right now, but there's even only like four or five of them that like actually make or break a, a team's success right now. Right. Like you take Devonte Adams off the Packers and they're, they're really, really struggling. Uh, so I don't even agree with your thesis, but fine, fine. Also chat starts to drop some predictions in if you got them and they could be whatever you want. And we, I just want to make sure we get a few on the record books from you guys out there. So it could be a one liner. We'll read them out loud here. And if you're right, you'll get all the credit in the world on this show. Um, give me one more real prediction, Pete, and then we can either speed run through mine or we can go back and forth. We whatever, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I am going this is this one's kind of a sad prediction, but I think the wheels come off for Travis Kelsey and he doesn't finish as a top 10 tight end next year, which is a pretty big number because it's not hard for tight ends to to do that. I, I just feel and you know, there is obviously like injury outs to this stuff, but I just feel like there's a lot of ways that uh, Travis Kelsey could uh, could fall off here a bit. And, uh, I guess my main, my more balanced take is he's going to be overdrafted next year. Uh, and that it could get, it could get pretty messy just at his age in the way he plays. He is 32 and Gronk is also 32, but had the year off to kind of heal in between or I guess two years off sort of. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I could see that. I mean, he's definitely at the age, big bodied guy. That could be a reasonable take there. I feel like still, because he's been so good and the volume has been there, I probably would be a 10 pointer for me. Um, I will say, and this one might not be a 10 pointer, but I, I'm willing to, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I think at least two of Mike Zimmer, Kirk cousins and Adam Thielen are gone from Minnesota. So um, two of the, what big are their three, contract situations? Uh, I mean, Mike Zimmer, I think, I think the Mike Zimmer one is an easy one like that. He's yeah. gotta be gone. Right. You would think you would think, um, he's been, he's been there for a while, right? I mean, he's been there. I think he's gotta be there four or five years. He signed a new three year deal in 2020. So they'd probably have to eat uh, two years. It looks like. Or maybe um, one year. so 
Thielen signed a four-year deal with the Vikings. So it, I'm trying to look at the con because I I mean you have to know what kind of cap hit. I mean it, it would be a huge, a pretty big cap hit to get rid of Thielen, it looks like. Kirk Cousins they'd have to eat one year because he's on he's on the hook for a $35 million base salary next year with a $10 million bonus that'll be assigned to it for next season. That is I, I'll give you a 10 pointer on that because looking at this Adam Thielen contract, I don't I don't see any way they they get out of it. And I can't imagine teams lining up to trade uh for a 31 year old Adam Thielen either. I think the more likely outcome is Zimmer and Cousins being shipped out of town, even though Cousins has been pretty good this year, but that's how this goes. Somebody's got to get the blame. Um, you got any more for yourself, or do you want me to run through a few, and then we could see if chat's got any good ones? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll check the chat here. Go ahead, toss out a couple others you have. All right, so here are some ones, and these might be more personal to me. I think USC makes a college football playoff <laughs> next year. Um, that's you know, probably a 10-pointer, but probably shouldn't be. Um, this one is going to be relevant to people out there, because if you're going to hear this conversation start in the next two months, and this is really me more reading how the media goes. Malik Willis, Liberty's quarterback, a lot of buzz around him, mobile guy, uh, not the most accurate guy, but does have a good deep arm. I think he's going to rise up the NFL draft conversation. Right now, he's like projected for a mid-first rounder. I think he's going to be in talks to be the number one overall pick. And then what's going to happen, Pete, is the internet's going to start shitting all over him after the Super Bowl. They're going to be like, he's inaccurate. Dude, nobody should be picking him. And he's going to end up being the guy that waits in the green room too long and is there till the end of the first round, beginning of the second. Because I think that's how the NFL draft goes. Somebody has to take that fall, and I think it is going to be, unfortunately, the exciting African-American QB as it is like every year. There you go. <laughs> um, I'll do a kind of a general prediction from our realm. I will say that... One of these sites, most likely DraftKings, gets their shit together with like a true, really well-run peer-to-peer sports betting competition, mm. and it captures everyone's attention and gets everyone way more excited about sports betting in a way that hasn't happened yet. And DraftKings has tried it a few times. There's been some issues. They haven't even like publicized it that much, but I still feel like this whole thing, and this also doubles with more and more states getting legalized sports betting to pull this off. But I'm, I'm hoping and predicting that we see some inventive sports betting contests that look basically like DFS GPPs. Um, and I, I think that could be, uh, the next really big thing if they can actually execute it. I think so. I, this is something that I know we talked, I don't, I don't think I'm talking out of turn with work stuff. Cause I'm other people have had this idea too, but like, I think a fantasy league where you're just, you know, picking against the spread every week, even if that's what it is. Like, I know people have done that for, you know, dating back to college where they have like, you know, 20, 50 people leagues where they're all putting in money. I agree. Like that's the evolution of this where, uh, people at a certain point are going to realize it's very difficult to bet against sports books. You know, there are certain lines. We talk about prop betting on here. There's a little bit of an edge there, just getting lines when they're moving in a certain direction because of an injury, that's going to be helpful. But I think, that's one of the things that I worry about the sports betting industry, but I think is an opportunity as well. People are just going to realize it's not profitable to bet straight up most of the time. And I think shows like ours shows like others of our friends in the industry, I think are starting to put that out there a little bit more. And there's a difference between the wagertainment type of stuff where you talk about things in theory, just to, you know, kind of put together fun content. But then there's a difference between like actual smart betting and actual smart betting is not like picking the Niners over the Rams. It's like finding the little slivers of an edge you can find. Yeah. And I think maybe, Similar to that prediction, like I think there also is going to be, we're going to continue to see way more like NFT meets sports betting and DFS type stuff, like, you know, the owners club. And I think I know DraftKings has talked about how they're going to be trying to launch some NFT style DFS games. And I think the possibilities of it are really cool. Like what 
owners club is they're doing a contest for playoff best ball where you get these packs and then you mint your lineup and then you can go and trade. You can either have that in the contest and try to realize the prize if it's doing well, or you could go and sell it. So imagine if like my underdog lineup with buying for that was heading into the, uh, the finals yesterday or on Sunday and we're screaming up the leaderboard. And there was a point where I thought we had like a 15 to 20% chance to finish first. What if I was able to sell that team in real time on a marketplace for, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars with someone thinking like the EV of this team is 250,000. I'll buy it for 175,000 right now. So like mm -hmm. this idea of again, like ownership and DFS and sports betting or however it looks same with like a futures ticket, you know, being able to put that on the market, as a way to sell it to someone who either wants to think it's undervalued and give you exit liquidity. I think these kind of elements are going to keep coming and reshaping like how we play these contests. Yeah. Willis saying it's like bet swap. I was thinking about like prop swap. I don't know if they rebranded and it's the same thing, but I agree. Like the blockchain does offer a lot of opportunities for you to have ownership of your bets and then, you know, have people be aware of them and be able to buy them off of you and uh, be speculative like they are with NFTs and some of the other stuff out there. So I'm with you on that. I think I want to read some of the ones in the chat, but I, I do think too, like the NFT thing. And I know, um, what's it? Ricky Sanders is uh, one of the DFS guys. I think works yep. for elite now. Um, he, he's a part of, or at least tweets a lot about like one of those NFT things where you have like, it's NFT fantasy somehow where you, it's like one. TOC. Yeah. NFT yeah, league. No, I don't mean to There's advertise a, a competitor, but no, no, no. big generalities. <laughs> they have, they have a slightly different model. And what's cool about theirs is they do, um, it's kind of like, uh, what's the DFS site that has the like boost? Is it the super draft where you get oh, like super draft? Three? Yeah. Yeah. So they have the players, but then there's certain cards that have like a three X score boost a two X score boost and stuff like that. So there's an, even an, an added level of game theory with that one. Yeah, there's, there's going to be some interesting things developed there. And read some of the predictions here. It's Mookie saying either Fields or Lance finishes the QB1 next year. I, I'm really curious this week to see if Justin Fields has like the really big exiting the season game against, uh, I think they're playing Minnesota this week. Um, but whatever the case may be, like I think that's a, a viable one to me. That's probably a 10-pointer right now, Pete. But knowing what we know of running QBs and guys who throw the ball deep, which both Fields and Lance do, like very possible they could be a QB1 and, and people just be sleeping on them entirely. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, I, I sure hope so. Um, you know, I think, I, what was the overall, because again, I wasn't on Twitter. What was like the overall take uh, from everyone on on how Lance looked on Sunday? Because I know his first half was kind of rough and then he started to pick things up in the second half. I think people were shitting on him. Like, I think it's, but it's different pockets of people where I think the casual football fans are more quick to, you know, kind of shit on Trey Lance. Whereas like the people that, you know, we do shows with and the people that you do shows with, like are more inclined to be like, oh, you know, some missteps there. And that was what I was seeing with, with it, where it's just, you know, the diversity of the debate, but also people kind of pushing the angle that they want to see happen. Um, and I think that's sort of where it is. Like, I'm sure Niners fans probably not as big on Trey Lance right now. Um, but I think, yeah, like there was, I think people more down on the performance because he's not like, he's not a world beater, but he's also a, a rookie who's played, you know, three full games now at this point. Like it's unfair to expect him to be. Yeah. I think that's going to be a big kind of decision point for, you know, 2022 fantasy leagues, dynasty leagues, best ball, like how you approach this crop of rookie quarterbacks. And cause you're going to be able to get some extreme discounts on these guys. Like you think where we were taking Trey Lance this year as rookies, like he was screaming up into the, you know, late ninth, you know, early 10th round in some of these drafts. Uh, I'm guessing he's going to be a little cheaper than that, especially if Jimmy G 
kind of continues to perform and the team doesn't, you know, show a lot. So yeah, how, how we handle those rookie QBs, I think is going to be really interesting. I do agree with that general thesis that one or two of those guys, I think will kind of bounce back and um, be an extreme value. And Greg also saying Malik Willis, who I talked about, the Liberty QB coming out is going to, again, you're going to hear a lot about in the next few weeks. Um, he's going to be the guy that people target around 10 to 12, who ends up disappointing a la Trey Lance at Justin Fields. I, I feel like in some respect, Pete, that's just the circle of life here, just hyping up rookie QBs for them to disappoint and then eventually be good, you'd hope. Yeah, it, it's funny too when you think about like when Lance got up into the ninth round, I remember seeing a couple drafts and then Jalen Hurts would sometimes be in the late eighth, early ninth round. And it was like, you're kind of hoping that Trey Lance would be Jalen Hurts in maybe a slightly better offense. So yeah, it's a reminder that, uh, you know, on the other hand, I'll, I can flip it though, right? Because you could say people were chasing Jamar Chase and the whole reason you chase those kind of guys is because they do have that extreme upside. And obviously Jamar Chase was a better college prospect than Trey Lance was at quarterback, but I do think that's interesting and you saw Jamar Chase win people, you know, millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars across these contests because they took a risk on a rookie and those guys are hard to project, but you know they also have the upside. So, I'm of two minds about that. You got to be price sensitive, but but chasing that that ceiling can certainly pay off. All right. Anybody in the chat want to get your picks in? Drop them in the chat now because I'm going to read through these. And these are official entries because I'm reading them out loud. Pepe Silvia saying 2022 Tom Brady is MVP. Ooh. I think for next year, that probably gets closer to a 10 pointer than obviously it would be for this year, Pete. But I think anytime you add another year on a Tom Brady's calendar and expect him to continue to be this great, there's nothing historically that says he should continue to be as good as he's been. Yeah, I, that, I think that is going to be a 10 pointer. It is so scary to bet against Tom Brady because he just keeps coming and coming and coming. Um, and who knows, like if they continue to get this, like, you know, every free agent wants to just go sign there uh, as their chance to win the Super Bowl. And they're just kind of able to continuously beef up um, that that could be interesting. So I, I don't I don't mind that that story. Tom Brady isn't going quietly into the night. And Pepe Sylvie also getting one more in that I think actually has some uh, some legs to it and honestly might be closer to a three than a 10 based on this year. Gabriel Davis scores more fantasy points than Stefan Diggs. We saw Emmanuel Sanders do it for stretches of this year, and we've seen Davis do it since Sanders has been hurt. So I think that one's not that crazy, but on paper, that's probably also a 10 pointer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably a 10. Uh, Silas saying Mac Jones throws for 4,500 yards and 35 TDs. That would be a very system oriented 4,500 and 35 TDs. But I think that's probably a three pointer just of what we know of the NFL. I feel like that has to be correlated with them either getting a big, uh, free agent wide receiver signing or nailing just like the best rookie wide receiver in the draft class that can grow. I mean, he has to get kind of like a, a bona fide wide receiver one, I think yeah. to, to kind of reach that, that height, which I I'm not saying isn't possible, but there has to be a shift kind of in how that team plays and which is, which is a good bet. He showed enough promise, um, that if they got some weapons, he could, he could definitely take that leap. Yeah, or maybe Ramondre getting more James White work just to pad those numbers out. Uh, Greg offering up neither Mike Davis nor Cordell Patterson will be Falcons starting running back next year. I feel like that might be like a one-pointer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that's uh, poor Mike Davis. I think uh, we're going to be lucky. No, he's going to find a job next year, but he's going to be like the Adrian Peterson role of guy who just kind of pops in the teams. I don't see them keeping that contract one more year. FF Doom saying Jacoby Myers wide receiver one. So I guess that would pair well with Silas's pick if Jacoby Myers can take that leap. Yeah, that just on how he plays, just his style of game. I think that would be pretty, pretty hard. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see. Without Matt Nagy, the Bears make the playoffs next year, our guy Paul says. Uh, so there you go. So that's that's an interesting one. I think you can make that case, and that's probably a 10-pointer right now, Pete, but I think that's one where if they hire a good coach and you see Justin Fields hear those headlines over the offseason, like I think that's entirely possible the Bears make the playoffs next year. Yeah. This is um, a fun one for Paul. Three points that Big Ben plays one game for another team next year. I think I think that's probably a three pointer. Uh, maybe yeah, because the most likely is they call him up just like they call up Philip Rivers or you know the Saints call up you know Breeze and he says hey I'm golfing or you know forget about it. But uh, I could see Big Bed you know uh, wanting to kick the tires. But he he looks so bad where I, I have a hard time envisioning it. You know even those other guys kind of went out a little bit more on their terms. Where with Big Ben it just feels like he's riding it. Yeah. Wheels fell off. I would agree. I also, and I know this is kind of weird because he's not like a personable guy, but like Ben getting money from somebody from TV networks, given that's just what they do for famous QBs now, like he's got to get an offer from like a CBS or something you would think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I hope that isn't the case. I don't really want to watch big Ben uh, <laughs> on a show like that, but sure. He's not the most charismatic, but neither is Drew Brees. And he's on Sunday night football every, every night now with his new hair is fucking plugs all over the place. Um, other ones to read through here, just to make sure everybody can get their stakes in. Uh, we got the fields Lance take from it's Mookie out there. Uh, but, but, but Justin saying Baker is a saint. Rogers stays in green Bay. Russ goes to the Browns and the giants forfeit the right to play with a quarterback. I mean, if all those hit Pete, that's an easy 10 pointer. Yeah, you could, you can parlay these, uh, into a 10 pointer for sure. Uh, Rondale Moore, 100 catches for FF doom and Mr. Unlimited gets traded to Miami and wins his first MVP. Are we talking about literally Pitbull or no, he's Mr. Worldwide. He's Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> Mr. Unlimited is Russell Wilson. Oh, so, uh, he got Mr. Unlimited. You remember oh, that okay. video? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Worldwide. I would like to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah on Miami. And uh, Pete, my, my non uh, fun prediction is that, and this is just again, me me doing the media thing. I've, I've, I know the media pretty well. We do this show. Obviously it's not real media, but I've been around this game for a bit. I think we're going to have, news reports pete and uh omicron i think it started to go the other way of people talking about like it's not that dangerous whatever i think in the next six months we're going to hear about this new strain of covid that's the deadliest yet and that's going to be like our narrative for either the spring or early summer is going to be my prediction that sounds awful and i really hope you're wrong <laughs> i hope i'm wrong too but boy i just i just know how this goes um anything else oh blake jarwin has more fantasy points than dalton schultz next year that's an interesting one from willis that's a sneaky 10 pointer i'd say yeah that is an interesting one. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's a, I think that probably, hmm. It's that's so, it's probably like a five. Um, yeah, because the, the smart money is definitely on Schultz. Uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. All right. So there we go. So there are your predictions. If you want to get any more, tweet us at Splash Play Pod, and I'll see if we can figure out a mechanism uh, to get Willis the predictions on there or to get us get them onto a sheet. I mean, we don't need to make Willis do everything. But go ahead, give us your predictions because I want to be able to circle back on these and be and all laugh about how correct we were or how or how wrong we were, all that. Drop in the Deposit Kingdom Splash Play chat as well if you want to get a flag planted if you're hearing this show after the fact and you couldn't watch it live. But make sure to follow at Splash Play Pod because the shows keep on going here through the playoffs. Follow at Peter Rovers at Fallwacker Spag. Subscribe and like all the videos on Pete's channel and the Splash Play channel. Pete, anything else you want to say here? Apparently, Justin's saying that there are new variants of COVID that are looking <laughs> looking worse. So I'm already I'm already winning. I already won this this prediction game for us. 
There you go. Um, what do I got? We're doing club top shot tonight at 9 PM. Uh, and then what is tomorrow? Wednesday. So we'll have swole cast. Uh, maybe I'll unveil my cash game shell on the swole cast tomorrow. Uh, uh, ship chasing, uh, tomorrow night, we're going to bring on uh Drico from the deposit kingdom discord who won a hundred thousand dollars on, uh, on the FFPC best ball contest. And, uh, celebrate some of those wins and uh yeah otherwise cash game week rolls on uh gonna have some shows uh later this week and uh yeah please send me a head head to head on DraftKings revert z top i saw silas sent me one while the show is going i'm ready to battle it out with you guys in the cash game streets i guess i have to send you one too just out of <laughs> just out of spite primarily i need those spags bucks Oh, God damn. Well, we appreciate all of you guys hanging, with us, hanging out with us. Come back Thursday, 2.30 Eastern. We're doing the same Monday, Thursday, Friday schedule, I think, throughout the rest of the playoffs. So come hang out with us, and we'll be back with you guys then. So enjoy the rest of your weeks, and stay tuned for all the Pete stuff coming up on the channel in the next few days. Bye, guys.